Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Hey, we made it. You need to stop talking to other people oh, in the studio and talk to our we listeners. Got the listeners. We had a warm up <laughs> and welcome to the True Wealth Show. I am your host, Dave Little John, and joining me in studio. <laughs> and you know, just being mean to you, I guess, today, Katie Shook. Well, there's not mean I'm not all. mean not to mean. him. You know, it's it's fun to come to the studio because it's not our daily office. So we get to see people that we get to see on a weekly basis and say hi. And we have friendships here. So sure. it's, it's nice to kind of, you know, check in, run around, give everybody high fives. You know how that goes. Yep. So it's Tuesday. I know it's the favorite <laughs> Tuesday you've had all week. We have a, it's a special Tuesday. I'm told to make this announcement by our marketing people. Oh, it's right. a special Tuesday? Right, because tomorrow <laughs> will be a special Wednesday. It I is... know what tomorrow is. Sure. <laughs> it's Podcast Wednesday. It's National It's a National Podcast, podcast Day. day. <laughs> right? And this show becomes a podcast tomorrow. So right now, it's a live broadcast. Tomorrow, it's, it's a, a recorded podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So we are going to be celebrating Podcast Day by right. posting our own podcast. If you're listening to this right now on the podcast, here's what I'll tell you. We already recorded this, so it's history now. But it's, you know, history can often be relevant and informative. And we're going to cover subject matter today that I think is what it's, I call this evergreen content. Okay. Right. What does that mean? I, I mean, people throw around that word all the time. Well, like, oh, it's evergreen. Timely. timely means that it's relevant to the time right now. And then evergreen stuff is things that it stays relevant, right? You can come back a year later and the same information should still be valuable. There you go. Okay. So, so I always think of like a plant that they deem evergreen, right? Like it's something that doesn't really. Well, evergreen plants just don't lose their leaves. Right. Right. So you have deciduous and coniferous. Oh, look at you busting out the geek speak already. Right, so We're deciduous just talking about trees are the ones that have that shed their leaves. And, and that's all David knows about plants. Do not, and they have <laughs> cone-bearing plants, right? I'm just kidding. I said that's all right. David knows about plants. There you go. No, but I sounded for a moment like <laughs> I might know more. Right? Either that or you've been listening to somebody else on talk radio here. <laughs> nope, I have not because generally speaking, we are at work at this time. And so is this work? Sure, it's more like technically. Play, even it's though it's for me. I love technically sharing. Technically work. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to talk about today? I have a trick question for everybody. Okay. Ooh, I like trick Not questions. really a trick question, but maybe a rhetorical one. Okay, ready? Okay. Ta-da. You ready? What is a financial plan? That you know, sounds like that wah, should be <laughs> No, but that sounds like it should be a straightforward question. Like, oh, a financial plan is is blah 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 and here's my answer do you want what should a financial plan be or what is a financial plan often hold on we're going to do this really quick because it's fun to do it on the air okay hey siri what is a financial plan let's see what siri says oh sorry my guy's an australian too by the way so it makes my siri even more fun so siri says in general usage a financial plan is a comprehensive evaluation of an individual's current pay in future financial state by using current known variables to predict future income, asset values, and withdrawal plans. This often includes a budget, which organizes an individual's finances and sometimes includes a series of steps or specific goals for spending and saving in the future. That's according to Wikipedia. Yep. 
That so, sounded very boring and very... for the dictionary, yeah. right? Hooray, Siri found Wikipedia. All right. And, you know, Siri's not wrong, but I think that, first of all, uh, financial plan, financial planner, these are terms that conjure i mean it's like you kind of want to throw up in your mouth a little bit right it's just there's it's it's so abused in the industry just uh, there we go again hold on hold on let me get let me get it back i know it's just nasty because it's it doesn't have any meaning anymore and everybody throws it around uh and and part of this is i get a chip on my shoulder right you know after going through the whole curriculum and sitting through exotic testing and having to do continuing it every year to have uh, to be a certified financial planner, which is a credentialed uh, position, also yeah, known as a CFP. Right. So the CFP is something that you have to maintain. There is a code of ethics that you must follow. There is a protocol that you're expected to follow. And you become, by definition, holding yourself out as a CFP, a fiduciary, okay, right. which has a higher standard of care for your clients. And then you have people that say, well, I'm a financial planner. And it, they're like an insurance agent or something like that. And you go, well, that's you're kind like, of a But are you? You're doing part are of you? a financial plan. It's like is a retirement planner. Okay, well, that's part of a retirement or a financial plan. But there's just so much more to it. So here's what I think happens. You know what a financial plan ends up being most of the time? I'm waiting for this really creative answer. Yeah, a sales tool for people to try to extract uh, money from their customers. See, I wasn't thinking that at all. I was thinking a financial plan ends up just being like the steps. Like when when I was reading the definition, I was like, yep. So I need right. to be on a budget, and the financial plan is the steps to make me a million dollars because that's where I want to be. Right. And so, sure. And and so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that too. But I I worry about the wolves in sheep's clothing, right? The practitioners, and there's, I think most people attempt to be decent practitioners, but here's the problem with the financial services industry in general. They're very good at training people in sales, yes. but they're not so good at training people in the practical stuff. Okay, like, like, like the actual like, give me an example. Uh, like understanding the intricacies of distribution planning for a retirement plan okay so if you have an IRA uh, and you're a, you're a beneficiary and you're going to inherit an IRA there's different consequences for how you accept the money true right uh, sorry this is not a true false question yeah question, it's not true false no. it's really yeah, how it it's works true. is that if you're a beneficiary uh, and let's say you're a spousal beneficiary even more tricky at times right yeah because the spousal beneficiary gets extra options that a non-spouse beneficiary doesn't get well and i would say if you've ever rolled over a finance like ever rolled over money from a 401k to an ira and you've gotten that packet Right. Like a lot of 401k plans will give you an exit packet and it says, do you want to roll it over into an IRA, roll it over into a Roth IRA? Do you want to take an annuity? Do you want to take a lump sum? Do you want to take a pension? Like, what do you want to do? And everybody goes, excuse me. Yeah. And, and, and maybe you have an idea. Maybe you don't. Great. But the if if somebody just says, oh, I'm a retirement planner and what they do is they sell annuities. Okay. Then you're going to end up with an annuity. Planner, okay? Be, well, uh, not in the way I would define it. Because what it is is saying, well, this is sometimes a component of a retirement plan. And because it happens to be the product I have, I am not 
uh, what, what I'm doing, it's the, the sin of omission, if you will, right? That it, the, we're not acknowledging all of the other components. We're just saying, well, it is part of retirement plan, therefore I'm a retirement planner. That's like saying uh, I'm an auto mechanic, but I only work on the brakes. <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> okay, it's like, so really you're a brake technician. You're, you're not, not an gonna, auto you're mechanic. Not do you're the not, other yeah, parts, you're right? not doing the holistic planning. Yeah, so. That's the thing, and and you know one could even say, are you a general mechanic where you can work on lots of different types of cars, or do you only work on one brand, or, or you know it, it's that sort of, and that's a little bit broader, okay? But but you get the idea. Yeah. Sometimes we we make this, uh, well, I don't say we, the industry, people will hold themselves out as something, and and it's really, it's about trying to sound better to the consumer, right? Because, and let's be honest, I mean, a lot of folks, that's how they make a living. Now, I will say right now, there's nothing wrong with making a living that way. Uh, I'm, it's going to sound like I'm picking on an industry, and I am absolutely not. Most insurance brokers or agents, right, the law says you have to have car insurance to drive. Okay, so you can either go online, and you're sort of doing it yourself with the assistance of a computer to find some form of coverage, in which case... You choose your own adventure, right? You right. pick the company, and you are the servicing But it's your person. job to do the homework. Okay? And the online service is the broker. Okay? So they're introducing you to the various carriers. You select your coverage. You exchange the money, and, it, you know, everything's done. The online broker typically makes the commission off of the transaction. That's why they are there. Right. To facilitate capturing your money, and they'll oftentimes do it at a lower – well, it's not that they do it at a lower rate. Usually it's state-regulated, so the, the commission is the commission is the commission. But that's how it operates is they make it convenient for you to sit at home. In, <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night searching right. for car insurance when normal offices right. are closed. But, you know, a, a, an insurance agent right now could be invaluable. Let's say that, you know, you ha lost a home in a fire. Which and is a very real very, reality for a lot of people right admit, now. Right? Uh, so let's say you're dealing with that. Having an agent that becomes an advocate of yours and helps you navigate the process can be invaluable. Right. Okay. So was it worth the transaction of purchasing insurance and the agent receiving compensation for it? I think it is. Right. Right? So I'm not demonizing the profession, but is an insurance agent a financial planner? Mm, not necessarily, yeah. right? Are they a risk management expert? Mm, Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what they are, they're, they're doing is they're saying, okay, well, here's the risks in your life. Here's the ones that you can maintain on your own and self-insure, right? Like I, I'm not going to buy insurance on my bicycle. Okay? <laughs> if, it, if it breaks, it's just like, well, I'll get a new bicycle. Or on your tractor. <laughs> okay. Well, you might on your tractor. I don't know. But but the things that you have to and the things that make sense where it's too expensive to replace it by just self-insuring, right? then you go and you get the insurance. Okay? I mean, that's why health insurance is important, yes. right? Uh, it's, it's n we don't worry about the, the cost of the x-ray. You worry about the cost of the surgery. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's the expensive one. Or the accidental boo-boo, you know, right. the, the car accident that now ended you in the hospital for a week or whatever it was that, you right. know. Right, because there there's not typically planned accidents, <laughs> right? By definition, <laughs> how exactly, is that even a thing? <laughs> exactly. So let's, let's talk a little bit about. It's interesting you keep bringing up insurance, though. Is there. Well, you know what? I'm going to talk about why I mean, the insurance is all relevant. It's part of 
a comprehensive plan. Okay. Okay. So we're going to unpack a little bit. I want to. I've kind of broken plans out into some big groups, and then we'll we'll talk about those. Because, again, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, why is this relevant to me? Look, it's relevant because if you want to go somewhere, if, if the idea is I don't want to be broke forever, I don't want to have to go to work forever, right. or I don't want to, uh, you know. I want to work for a paycheck, not a paycheck. Right. I, I, you know, I, I want certain things in life. Okay, then let's figure out how to get there. But you don't do that by accident or waiting for the rich uncle that you don't, didn't know existed all of a sudden, you know, to, to be like a lotto for you. Okay? So we got to have a strategy right and we got to have we got to be able to navigate the gauntlet okay <laughs> so you're going to help us navigate the gauntlet today yes but we got to take a break okay so we'll do that i think i can't tell us but i hear it i hear it oh i'm glad you do i can't hear it all right so we'll do that and when we come back we'll talk more about it but until then we got to take a break this is david littlejohn and katie show you listen to the true wealth on news radio 1240 kqen No, no, it's not. <laughs> Welcome back, gang, to the True Wealth Show on this, the uh, tomorrow is National, National Podcast Day. Day. Yeah. Which, r- reminder, you can catch the rest of the show about uh, on our podcast tomorrow. It'll be at littlejohnfs.com. It's crazy how long we've been doing podcasts. Yes. Like, I mean, well, doing the radio show. I mean, it's it's been a long time. Right. And now I want to vote on, should we start live streaming the show? Should the show be live, like, on video? So, I think it should, but the components of getting you and me in the same feed and getting it to coordinate and no, stuff No, we is, can work it out. we got good right. people, so that's the thing. If that's what people, if you're listening, do, our people, if you're listening. <laughs> yep, let us know if that's a thing, like, you know, you should live stream this. Uh, because uh, there's a part of me that's ready to, uh, and and I'm really considering this regardless of election outcome. I'm really considering kind of walking away from social media, mm-hmm. uh, and just keeping our professional site. But the the personal side, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's nice to keep track of friends, but other than to re- get birthday reminders anymore, I don't like the toxicity that's out there. Uh, it's very interesting. So side note to what we're talking about today. Today we are talking about financial. Plants, right, right, and and we're trying to demystify these and help you to really wrap your mind around it. If you're going to hire somebody, I want you to know what should what you are, be you looking know, for. Like, uh, what what are some good interview questions? Good questions. <laughs> what are things you should be expecting in a financial plan? Maybe even a little bit about how much should it cost, and and so so we're going to kind of break some of those down for you. Uh, but you know, just I had some interesting conversations today. And people continue to ask about investing in the upcoming election. And I have a very odd theory right now. doesn't make it right. doesn't make this investment advice or anything. But I don't think the market's fooled by what's going on. I right? don't think so either. I don't think we're going to see the big hiccup that everybody right. is anticipating. You know, if you think about the market kind of got fooled when in 2016, I guess, it yeah. was the, during the Trump uh, and Hillary Trump Clinton. And Hillary and Clinton was expected to be a landslide win, and Trump was a big shock, right? And so the markets had to sort of readjust for that, and then uh, they actually went on a pretty immediate rally thereafter for three or four months where it went up quite a bit after the, the Trump presidency uh, was, to, you know, was the outcome. 
This is sort of a different deal. I, first of all, I can't handicap it. What we learned last time is the polls are useless. Okay. Well, and we've become more and more reluctant to trust media. Right. Like, I mean, it's ever since then, there's been more, I don't know, just well, different. Well, the exposure's there. If you, uh, everybody, I need to go watch it. Uh, this is not probably a lot of new data for me. This is stuff that I've known. But uh, there's a movie on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Yeah, everybody keeps telling me to go watch yeah. that, too. And it's about how the large data vendors that are somehow, you know, Mining patrolling. Stuff. What they're doing is they are attempting to influence people by what they show you based on your region and what they collect about you. And it's creepy how much they know. Uh, as an example, uh, they could pretty well call when somebody's going to get a divorce based on watching their online behavior. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to giggle. That really sucks. Like, that is an yeah, oh, no, right. you're it's, kidding me moment. Although, let's be honest, sometimes we can call that based on what people are posting, too. Yeah, but they're accurate. <laughs> they're quite accurate for timing and so forth. And so, yeah, we just, we've all noticed things like, hey, I'm talking about something, and then it starts showing up in my newsfeed somewhere. I didn't do an internet search, or I didn't do anything like that. I just had a conversation, and some keywords came up, and all of a sudden, those things are showing up in my newsfeed. What happened here? Well, there, there's a lot of influence that's occurring. So, yeah, I agree that I think um, trust in, in large mainstream media resources is at an all-time low. I think that editorialism within large media is at an all-time high. I think there's a, a tremendous amount of political bias on both sides, depending on which team somebody is sort of admitted to playing for. And I can't handicap the outcome of the election because the polls say it's a Biden you know, win pretty comfortably, like a 10-point lead in the polls. Um, but it was that more than that like for, a mega lead, It was though. more than that for Hillary Clinton previously. And Here's here's the thing though, right? It, let's just let's just math out this game. If the polls are right, then the markets should be looking at this and saying, well, we kind of expect that that to happen. And so, if Biden wins, we've already sort of priced a lot of these expectations in. Right. So not a whole lot should change. Right. And if Biden doesn't win, then the market gets to keep doing what it's already been doing, which is it's sort of a known entity in Trump. So either we get the the known of the incumbent or the expectation that's already cooked into the market based on the numbers. Right, so there shouldn't so, be a lot of jockey yeah, between it, the it, two because it, it's like it's kind of figured it out on both sides right. already. It doesn't look like when people are saying, well, are we going to have another crash like we did when COVID first happened? You know, well, I don't think we're going to shut everything down anymore. Right. And in fact, most people have acknowledged that, again, either side of the aisle, there's this sort of giggle about, well, the emphasis on COVID is going to diminish after the election, yeah. Right? I don't know if it really means that... It doesn't it, mean that the it, virus is going to go away. There's no magic wand. Yeah, like like there's no, there's no benefit to beating people over the head anymore. We've already got fatigue on the headlines, fatigue on behaviors, and fatigue on trying yeah. to make We're our wearing world our masks. work around it. By the way, I'm back in the gym this week wearing my mask, exercising. I'm like, enough's enough, right? Like, yeah. I'm not going to hold out any longer. I'm just going to so, move on. So we're there. Yeah. We've already, we've priced it into ourselves, right? We've just gone, yes. this is the way of life. Let's just go deal with so it So I'm not trying to tell anybody how to invest, but I'm telling you that I don't think that the market is sort of set up for like a big, whoa, surprise. And and the the release of the Trump tax thing, I don't think that's a surprise. And I don't think it changed anybody's opinions either. Well, I think it, everybody's still at the same opinion pre-news versus post-news of... 
Okay, we had another announcement. So, well, and the funny thing is, everybody assumes that the market always gets it right. I mean, remember the Brexit? Like yeah. it wigged out. Like it anticipated they weren't going to do it, and then they decided to do it, and then it was like, <gasps> yeah. So, and we did have a pretty good head fake, but then t- three months later, it was fine. Right. And that's the part. Uh, you know, folks are saying things like foregone conclusions, and uh, you know, oh, if Biden gets in, it's just we're just electing Kamala Harris, and then we're going to have instant tax policy and a Green New Deal, and the whole country's going to burn down, and there'll be civil war. And I'm like. Oh, slow your roll there, dude. Well, I remember a lot of people promising they'd move out of the uh, out of the U.S. Yeah, they're going Trump to Canada, won, and right? I didn't see anybody leaving. So yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of rhetoric, and there's a lot of folks that are very passionate, and there's folks that are angry, or if not angry, probably frustrated, right? Yeah. Like you probably know people that have different ideologies than you, and you don't hate them, but you sometimes hate how. That how venomous they get in the debate when it's not face to face, right? Um, right. The people that is... are venomous face to face, by the way, they're pretty awful. Like, I mean, if you are that <laughs> kind of person that can just yell in somebody's face about how you disagree with them, I don't have a lot of time for you. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, courtesy, courtesy, and manners should make a comeback. Yeah, because it's just let's have our our country's lost debate, a little bit of it, right? But, you know. The assumption uh, is there's this great term in arguing that people should know about. It's called presuppositions. Oh, interesting. What you presuppose is true prior to engaging in the conversation. And if your presuppositions are inaccurate, it makes all of the other stuff inaccurate. But if you're too proud to see any different, then you got a problem. So usually what happens is. The smarter somebody gets, the less about an issue, right? The smarter somebody, I'm not saying the smart people always do this. I'm saying when you are well-informed about an issue, your confidence level tends to drop because you realize that the issue is a lot more sophisticated. I I like the term agree to disagree, right? And and it, to me, that is a polite way to say, you know what? We're not going to see eye to eye, and that's okay, but we're not going to hate each other for it, right? Agree to disagree, but don't. Beat up the other person because you don't agree. And I know that's a lot of what you're saying, too. Um, and you're right. There's been times when I've gotten in conversations or debates, but friendly debates, and I'm like, oh, I didn't see it that way. Or I've had a point where they're like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Sure. Right? And there's times when you can. It depends on the approach. Right? And it's not even that there's a right answer. It's just the approach. It's the way your mind processes the data. Yeah. Now, how does this work with a financial plan? Because you were talking uh, so about the, the markets uh, and the election. I don't know that it. Uh, Actually, I know how it ties in. I mean, okay, we can ex- we can stretch. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> because people are still asking, is my financial plan good, and do I need to change my plan? And they're worried about what the market's going to do yeah. with the election. Well, and I think most people aren't asking about their plan. Again, that's another. It's a good case in point. They're asking about their investments, and then you're you're sort of conflating the plan with the investments. Investing is part of a plan. Right. It's kind of like, well, you know. Uh, is my kitchen okay? Well, the kitchen's part of the house. The kitchen isn't the house, right? And so, same way, the investments are part of a plan. It's not the whole plan. The whole plan, plan. right. Uh, a, a financial plan is all about developing a strategy to accomplish specific goals. Right. Okay. I mean, that's really in its most simplistic term is, okay, well, a plan is all about I've got a, a mission objective. I need to come up with the steps to make that occur. When it comes to your money, uh, there's actually not a hard and fast set codified, this is how you plan. 
it drives some folks a little nutty that are OCD and want the <laughs> steps, right? Is there is there components that are hard and fast that are part of a plan? I won't. I mean, I'm gonna say there's big picture topical ideas that are part of every plan, and okay. so I want to I want to walk you through some of those. But let me give you a couple examples. Like uh, Dave Ramsey's on this station. Right. We talk about him a lot. We've been at uh, one point or another in history. We've been his. Um, whatever the provider is. I know. The endorsed <laughs> local provider, right? Which or, they or, went well, away from ELPs. They call but it smart vesters. Smart vesters. Right? I was like, and, wait, what's the term? And that has to do with the rules of the financial industry because when you're a smart vester with Dave Ramsey, just let me tell you how it works, right? We had to pay Dave Ramsey to be we're paying advertising vesting. dollars, right? And what Dave Ramsey did is anybody that came into his system looking for folks that aligned with his methodology, they would then forward on the names of those contacts that requested information to the smart vesters in the area. Which is multiple, not one. Right. It wasn't just one. And then and then it was like sharks in the water. Everybody would try to communicate with you, go like, oh, are you interested? Are you interested? Because I can be really honest on the radio here. Our business, we we are trying to attract new clients. We want to help people to make good financial decisions and we want to help them with their investments. It's what we do. Right. Okay. But I can also be honest enough to say, look, we do that for the folks that it's a great fit and it's right. And if it's you, awesome. If it's not you, we're not going to try to shoehorn you into a, like a square peg in a round hole. So the thing. best term I ever heard out of a prospect was financial speed dating. So it feels like financial speed dating. So what you're doing is you're coming oh, in. The Dave Ramsey thing? No, no, no. I mean, like, so you come in, right? You're you're trying to figure out who do I work with as a financial advisor, as a financial planner. And what you do is you sit down. David just mentioned a fit, right? Is it a good fit? So you come in and you sit down and you're listening to the way the firm operates. You're listening to the way the advisor operates. And they're talking kind of about their protocol, right? Like how they do things. And what you're doing as a person who's looking to invest is you're sitting there going, do do these align with my values? Does it align with my goals? Like, how does this fit, right? Are we a good fit? Does So it is. It's like financial speed dating. It's like, well, do I like you? Do you like me? Okay, good. Then we can work together. Right. And it's, <laughs> but I kind of laugh because I never equated it to that. But it's kind of what it feels like. I mean, after usually about an hour of sitting together, you're making a big decision with your money. And so it is kind of speed dating. You're trying to get to know as much information about each other as you can in that amount of time to see if you're a good fit for that firm, right? Is that you're, Are you the type of client that the firm is looking for? And is he, the, he or she the type of advisor you're looking for, right? Yes. So it's both. It's a fit on both sides. So it's not always like if I walk in, like you say, in Fogamere, if I walk in in Fogamere, they're going to take me. That may be true in some firms, but, you know, making sure it's a good fit is super important. Yeah, and so... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to use our Dave Ramsey illustration for a moment. Sure. Right? So the SmartVestor program, people that called in like sort of the Dave Ramsey baby steps, right? Baby steps are the f initial components of a financial plan, right? It's a practical strategy for how to get out of debt and, and save money. stabilize yourself so that you are changing habits so that you can then start to make intentional decisions with your money. Right. Okay. And I oftentimes would joke behind the scenes and say, well, ba Dave Ramsey helps people with the baby steps, and then we help them with the grown-up steps. Right. Right? So. And he doesn't really talk much about that. Like, no. he says, go invest. And he just says, oh, well, diversify in different 
styles of mutual funds, but he doesn't say which mutual funds. He doesn't say how much. He just kind of says, go. And and I will. You've probably noticed on this show, we don't talk a lot about specific investments. And there's good reason for that, and it comes down to investments are highly personal, and because there's a lot of rules associated with giving advice, so we don't want to be perceived as giving specific advice to a person, because if we're going to be fiduciaries, we, you know, we're, we're then we're liable for that advice. So what we're saying is, we talk about concepts that you need to then go and apply personally in your circumstance. So hence the financial plan. Here's where I think we're sort of different and and I say I think we're different but I don't sit in other advisors offices anymore so I don't know what other firms are doing but I hear sort of anecdotally the stories from our clients and folks that interact and uh, if you've ever interviewed a financial professional let me see if the interaction went something like this hello you know my name is a little chit chat to get to know you and then at some point it pivots to well how can I help you talk to me about how you're invested now oh, here's what we would do differently, and before you know it, it's a conversation about how much money can we convince you to start investing. Or if it's on the insurance side of things, it is, oh, well, we've identified an insurance need, and we start pivoting to how are we going to solve the need. Now, when you walk into an insurance office, you kind of expect to get sold insurance. Right. When you walk into a financial planner, right, air right. quotes, because we know that that term is sort of loose, but you walk into a planner, and all of a sudden you're getting sold maybe, oh, well, here's this, uh, have I shown you this annuity product that's got an income guarantee associated with it, and it'll be great for retirement. Or, oh, you've got a 401K, well, let's roll that over into an IRA, and we can do these investments for you. And you just get into this, yeah, okay. And if you don't ask questions, you may just start nodding yes, and before you know it, you're signing paperwork, and you're off to the races. Or sometimes you don't understand what they're saying, but you don't want to sound dumb. So yeah. you agree anyway, not knowing what they're talking about, and then leave scratching your head going, what did I just agree to? Yeah. So what we try to do is turn the concept around a little bit before we ever talk about why do we think we're smart and how we invest. And we do think we're smart. We like the way we invest. I'm not going to lie. We have our own uh, boutique you know, team, and we, we do things a little different than the big guys, and we do that one on purpose, right? We're not, we didn't join the big guys. We left because we wanted to do something different. But we really start with talk to, you know, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client, talk to me about what it is that you're looking to do, right? Give me a big picture of what you're all about, what your priorities are, you know, what, what do you like, what do you not like, and then how can we work with you? And, and so we start with this idea of, well, the plan comes first, and we need to come up with a strategy, and then we'll figure out how the investments make the strategy go. Make uh -huh. sense? Yes, it does. So it's a different take. So that, that I think that's the key, though, is, hey, do you start with, well, let's start with a product, figure out how to, you know. How, how you fit the product. Right. Or do you start with, tell me what you're looking to do, and then let's see if we can find things that solve your that problem. Pain. Yep. They're they're very different, right? Uh, but anyway, um, we're running long. We got to grab a break, right? So let's do this. Uh, when we come back, you know, if you're wondering about financial plans, you know, you know, the big question I'd want to know: How much does it cost? 
<laughs> Very good question. I don't know what it costs, so we're going to talk about that, but we got to take a break. So stick around. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the True Well Show. Uh, reminder, it is podcast. National, National podcast, podcast Day tomorrow. Yeah, so you should listen to this whole thing again tomorrow, and you'll find all these hidden Easter eggs in it, right? <laughs> uh, and if you're just now listening to it, then the Easter eggs are all obvious. You only have to listen to it, I think, seven times you get them all. Really? Is that it? Seven? Yeah, maybe okay. eight. Maybe, maybe eight. eight. Uh, <laughs> we're subliminally giving you our phone number. Uh, anyhow... Uh, we're, when we last, before the break, nine I, times more. We wanted to talk about how much should you spend, or what does a financial plan cost? They right? can be quite pricey, I think. Well, they can, and so before we can answer the question, this is like the classic. It happens in in the financial world all the time. Is like, well, let's figure out what we're paying for. Okay. okay. And then we can decide what it costs. So what are we paying for? Because people will invariably, they'll go to like your website. What does it cost? I go, okay, if you're just asking about cost, there's way more variables than you can just say, well, that's what it costs. Right. Right. Uh, unless you want to break it down. I mean, like our firm has, we have a price per hour. If you just say, all right, well, let's just sit down. We'll go by the hour, figure it out. When you're done, we'll give you the plan. You walk away and you can execute it yourself. Which we still don't have a fixed cost. It's not like, it's going to well, be $800. It's, it's, it's hours. Yeah. How many hours do we spend on it, right? Depends so, on how complex your plan is. So what are the key components to most financial plans? Well, you got to know what the person's goals are. Okay. So goals are going to be significant. I mean, because that's really the end outcome, right? So to get to a plan, you better have some mission objectives. So yes, there's definitely goals. Okay. And you talked about strategy. Okay, so strategy is going to be what the whole plan is doing. Okay, okay. so uh, inventory. What cash do we have to work with? Yeah, how right? much cash flow? Yeah, well, that's a that's a separate item, technically. So what right? do we have now, and how much money are we planning on dumping into it? Kind of. So let's just let me walk through the basics here. Okay. Right? So first thing is, what? Yeah, what have you got to work with? Okay, right. so we're going to go on the mission, and we have to kind of look. And uh, I, I just, a few weeks ago, I went on a backpacking trip for several days. The first thing you did was you laid out, what's the gear I need to take? How far am I going from where to where? What do I need to do to make the journey occur as comfortably as possible, as safely as possible, to assure that I get home and I don't starve or, you know, die of thirst or anything weird? Stupid question. Yeah. Did you have a good plan? Yeah. Would you alter your plan for the next journey? Yes. Why? Because I learned things. Ah. Right? And so I think that plans are, in the financial world, plans by necessity. Need will, to evolve. They will be pliable. Right? They need to have contingencies and flexibility. Because guess what happens? Life. Yeah. And <laughs> um, life. Exclamation point. Change. Life, COVID, and fires. Did I miss anything? Yep. Moving oh. targets. You forgot the mystery seeds. Oh. Um, Murder hornets. <clears throat> That's what I forgot. Yes. And meth alligators. Meth alligators. And whales in the Amazon. Yes, that's not <laughs> whales. An election. Whales. Whales. So, <laughs> so we start with an inventory, and one of the things you look at is, well, what do you already have? Okay. okay. Do you have any investments at all? IRAs, four hundred one k's. Do you have anything? Do you just have a twinkle in your eye and a dream? You know, dream uh, and and no how motivation? old are you? I don't know. So we're going to look at that. And so you look at your assets and your liabilities. Ah. Okay. Do you have debts? Credit cards, student loans. Children. Do you own <laughs> things that are actually declining in value? 
So you went out and bought that nice truck on payments, and it's dropping in value as you're pouring more money into those payments. Ah, true. Okay. Okay. So we look at assets and liabilities to get a snapshot of your net worth, and then we look at cash flow. How much money are you generating? And how much are you spending? Right. Well, the cash flow, That the next thing is the budget. Right. Yes. So, okay, you've got the cash flow. Where's the money going? And that's not a dirty word, by the way. The budget is a great thing. Yeah. And and by the way, budgets don't have to be super high detail spreadsheet items. We just need to make sure that you're. Are you categorically spending more than you make? Then that program won't work. Right. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> like as they like to say, that dog don't hunt. Yep. So you gotta know what your cash flow looks like. And and then when you have that, what am I working with? What is my cash flow? What are my goals? We start to develop the strategy. Strategy can include things like what rate of savings and rate of return do I need? You know, maybe it's not what kind of investments I want. Maybe it's what kind of investments do I need, right? I'm really conservative, but I can't afford to be that conservative to make my goals happen. That's actually a great point, by the way, because sometimes people are like, can you make me 20% a year for the next 20 years? And take no risk. And take no risk. And, 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 and lose me no money. And, and I'm like, well, could you bring me a unicorn? You know, so. I could. Yeah. <laughs> so there you get the idea, right? Sometimes it's just they're not realistic. So we have to figure out what can we work with given the tools that we have. That is actually a good point really quick. I don't know that people who are not savvy investors, I guess, I mean, I, I would say people that have never invested it before may not understand how much the market fluctuates year to year or what is a normal expected return. Yeah. Like when they come in and say, I want to make 30%, like they have no idea that whether or not that's even attainable. Correct. So that, that could totally be the case, uh, all relevant to the plan design to also learn as you go. And part of planning is setting proper expectations. Right. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I would say, you know, you could make plans that, well, imagine if NASA was really just, eh, you know, we'll just kind of work it out. Eh, space shuttle, we kind of slapped it together. No big deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, that doesn't end well. No, okay, it so, doesn't. That ends up with dead and, people. And your your plans, they're going to evolve, but they're not going to end well if you're going to be sloppy with them. Okay. So there's another category that we really need to think about in the planning, and that is risk. Okay. Now, we've talked before on this show about how risk is just the four-letter word of financial industry because it can mean so many different things. But in this case, I'm using the term risk a lot like you think it means. Like, if, what are the things that could blow up my plan? The COVIDs and the forest fires and, like, what are the risks out there that it's a gotcha? Yeah. Okay? Big gotchas. And so Big the owie. things that could make your plan not work, you start to look at those potentialities and it's not a word. It is today. Okay. <laughs> David's making up words now for his word of the day calendar. So we, we look at those and can you manage those risks through either behaviors or a risk transfer in the form of insurance or some other structuring? That yeah, can, can we change the plan risks? a little bit to reduce the risk? Okay. So when you get all that done, there's one final thing that you think about. Okay. There is. I yes. thought we covered all of them already. We covered just about everything, right? Because we talked about assets and liabilities and getting a net worth picture. We talked about uh, knowing where your goals are and your resources and cash flows to get there. We talked about the risks along the way and the strategies that you're going to deploy to get there. Okay. okay. So the what's last left? one is who gets it if it's not you? 
right? All right. Who gets it? It's not you. So, oh yeah, the music's playing. You know what that means? Forced break, because we have to do that. <laughs> so I guess we'll take, you know, we'll take one more break, because you want to know... Um, who gets your money? Who gets your money, and you want to know how much you're going to spend and set this whole thing up? Final final answer when we come back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. Yeah, True Wealth on News Radio 1240. Crazy. It's 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 not just price, it's quality too, right? Well, we talked about that. Price yeah, versus so. value. Or was it the... Okay, well, yeah, welcome back to the True Wealth Show. <laughs> Sorry, we were talking during the break because we're, uh, we're short on time here, and I promised that we were going to get to this. So on National Podcast Day, which is Wednesday, today's Tuesday, but we're pre-celebrating because this will be a podcast tomorrow. tomorrow. Right. And you can check it out at littlejohnfs.com. Okay, we're getting our cues down. And how much does a financial plan cost? I have no idea. Okay, and that's it for the show. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> no. Look, as much as you're willing to pay, and as much as the guy is willing to charge, I don't, I don't know how much well, should it be expensive. Sometimes, literally, what you just said is darn near how some I've seen priced before. I have seen people that sell financial plans for anywhere from ten to twenty thousand dollars. Oh, and um. I'm not going to say that it, there wasn't value delivered, but I will tell you that financial plans, um, I have a different philosophy than many because I believe that we have a lot of moving parts. Financial plans that get into a lot of sophistication and strategy, and that means things like, hey, you, we need to look into under the hood of a business and help you to work through the cash flows of the business and where things are moving, coordinating with your CPA, coordinating a state plan with your attorney, and getting into not just the investment plans, but comprehensive insurance reviews. I'm like, really, really So all the stuff you said makes me think someone that has a lot of money and a lot of assets and a lot of moving parts. Well... Yeah, and that's where I'm going to get to. It's like if you've got a you know 25 plus million dollar net worth and assets coming out the wazoo, then you probably can justify having a pretty sophisticated financial plan. My question is, what do you do with it? And how hard is it to deploy? Right. I mean, because if just because if I'm if I sell you a plan by the pound, and, oh you my know, you get and, you know, we could easily, and this is scary, right? I can easily produce 80 to 100 pages for an average person of just data dump. Right. Easily. Easily. Okay. Probably way more than that if we wanted to. But so coming up with 100 pages, not hard no. to do. Just between disclosure and graphs and things, we can make lots of pretty pictures. Right. And we could tell you, see how intimidating this is. It costs a lot, and we're smart, and you look at it, and your eyes roll back in your head. You don't know what to do with it. Okay, True. So you just kind of walk away going, why did I do that? And I think that that is silly. I, I, think the industry and I feel does like that some to, people do yeah. stop there. They stop before they get to the deployment plan. Like yeah. They give you the idea. It's like, okay, here's the mission. And you're like, great. No deployment. Right. And so the deployment is, is a big part of it is, you know, do you execute the plan? You have a strategy. Are you going to go do it? And so I like plans that are broken down into steps that are understandable, things like invest this much per month in these categories and make sure that you can afford it within your cash flow, right? That's the other thing is if I, if I do your plan only with goals but not with any cash flow considerations, hey, you want to put your kids through college? Great. Put $1,700 a month away for all three of them. And yeah. you go, um, I, I don't have do $1,700 a right. month. That, that's <laughs> not going to work. So it has to be a realistic and achievable plan that's sort of grounded in your reality. Right. How does it get priced? The answer is it depends on the organization. Some price it by the hour. Some do flat rate pricing, much like a contractor making a bid on something. Others do it as a percentage of a number. How do we uh, do it? So 
It varies depending on the sophistication of the client. Typically speaking, um, for what I will call sort of a napkin plan, which is a relatively high level. Yeah, a it, plan light. <laughs> it often gets built into, uh, for a lot of our clients that are closer to retirement, they're trying to make sure they're doing it right. Uh, it's a value add that comes with the asset management fees they're already paying us. Got it. Right. Um, for folks that are getting started, uh, you know, base rates about 300 bucks. It kind of goes up from there on a price per hour. And we usually, our, our, our goal is to deliver more value than it costs. Right. And that's we're up front with like, I, yeah. well, we think, we even give estimates. Like, well, we think yeah. it'll be about this much, but. Yeah, it's not, you know, I would say typically financial plans are, you know, a, a decent working plan that you can do something with under a thousand bucks, probably well under for most people. We're probably talking three to six hundred dollars for most people if you were doing nothing else with us but walking in the door for that. Uh, so, and 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 some and, of that's mitigated actually, if we yeah, work together. That's just the market that we work in, though, right? Right. I mean, I mean, suppose if we were in a Chicago or something, we'd charge more. Uh, it's actually the content's not less valuable. I promise it's not. We, you know, we could sell it for a lot more than we do. I think we just really like people. Ah, <laughs> there's David's warm and fuzzy. So anyway, and I want to see more people get on the right track. I mean, I will beat the desk on this one and say, look, the American dream is not dead. I no. don't care who wins the election. I don't care what your opinion is about. It's not dead, right? There's still tons of opportunities out there. You just have to utilize the resources available and start early. You know, don't defer gratification or don't defer execution on this. Get started now. Now. And teach your kids. Yes. All right, we're out of time. So uh, until next time, podcast at littlejohnfs.com. Call us at 541-375-0898. And we'll catch you next time. This has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. You've been listening to True Off on News Radio 1240. KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brooks Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.